We are underway. Connacht will receive the ball. Connacht will attack the Bohemore end in the first half and defend the College Road end. Connacht are causing a lot of trouble. Cardiff have turned over another line. Now, what a disaster. Dave Heffernan's picked it up. He's gone through the line and he's going to score. Marmion to Carty. Little cross kick. Beautiful kick with the left foot. It's been picked up. Oh. And Connacht have scored. What a kick from Connacht. What a try in the corner. Oh, that was fantastic. And Peter Robb has got Connacht's second try. Pass out to Dennis Buckley. What a take from Buckley. And he's charging into the 22. Tried to force it out. It has come out to John Porch. He's in for the try. Connacht trying to get over that ball after feet. But the ball's come loose out the side. And Robb has it. And he gets a beautiful offload away to Kyle Godwin, who's going for the corner. Kyle Godwin puts the afterburners on. They won't catch him. Bonus point try from 122 to the other end of the field. Game set and match for Connacht. It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast, the midweek edition setting the scene for Murrayfield where Connacht take on Edinburgh on Friday night in the latest round of Pro 14 action. All the excitement from last weekend's 29-0 victory over Cardiff is going to be on the agenda today. We're going to hear from Alan, William and Lindley in our home of sponsors, Murty Rabbits. But that's coming up a little bit later. First things first, as always, it's the press conference from midweek. Nigel Carolan from the management team. We also heard from Kyle Godwin and Caelan Blake. Nigel, Cardiff have been a side that Connacht have struggled to beat on many occasions in tight games. I told everybody, we all said it'll be a tight one-score game. So, 29-0. How do you feel? What's, what, what does that mean at the moment? And, and how did you react to that as a, as a management and a players group? Well, if nothing else, William, I'm glad to prove you wrong. Um, maybe about uh, the rest of the, the rugby public and Connacht fans. Uh, I think historically, I think you're, you're correct. There are always uh, dogfights and um, ones that we've we've scraped past and lucky to scrape past in, in many occasions. Um, but last Saturday, um, yeah, look, not perfect. Um, I think our feet are firmly on the ground. We know that it, it was far from the perfect performance. Um, Peter, defence coach, was happy that he held them to duck um, and that uh, they didn't get it across for a score. So that's very pleasing. And I think from an attack point of view, we were very pleased with the number of line breaks that we had. I think the, the stats show we with a lot of carry metres, with a lot of line breaks, defenders beaten. Um, we had a, a lot of offloads compared to in other games. And on a real difficult day when the wind was quite strong, that was most pleasing that we created those opportunities. Um, I think certainly um, against Edinburgh, if we can create them, we're going to need to be able to take them. Edinburgh, are, they're they're a different um, they're a different team this year. They're they're extremely competitive, being top of our conference. They're 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 good at both attack and defence. So they're a tough team to break down. So if we do get those opportunities, we're going to have to be a lot more ruthless than we were against Cardiff. A couple of eyes guys have gone back into the Ireland setup. Dave Herford and Alton Delan. Ireland team comes out tomorrow we're told what's the situation if they are released back do, do you have a cut off point or do you, are you able to drop them in at any stage if you if they're released back to you say right they played brilliantly last Saturday they're, they're going back into to our setup. Uh, how, how do you deal with that um, I suppose firstly it's it's not our call um, you know and, and rightly so I think um, when the Ireland team is selected uh, and again the nature because it's a, it's a Sunday game this week it's sort of it's thrown out their training week so they didn't actually come into camp until last night so today is their first day and and, and unusually kind of Wednesday is a big training day for them so so those guys um, you know those kind of players they'll be training with them tomorrow and, and depending on how they get through that 
um, we've put in a request particularly for Ulton and um, uh, but again it depends on the, the, the needs of the Irish team and if, if they need them and if they need them for training again on Friday which is another big training day for them um, unfortunately that's the day that we play so um, so tomorrow is really the cut off and uh, if he can get through that session and the rest of their players get through that session unscathed um, and there's no um, you know the, the, there's no 50-50s in, in, in second rows well hope, we're hoping then that Ultimate might be released back to us but tomorrow will be the cut off for that Talked about what Edinburgh have done this season they've um, they had a good win against the Scarlets on Saturday they're top of the conference They'll be missing players as well, but they seem to have seem a bit more dogged even than normal this season. So what are you going to have to do to break them down? What's going to be the, the key? Is it, is it going to be even more accuracy and, and just playing better, I suppose, upping the performance again? Very much so. Edinburgh are, are definitely a side in evol- you know, going through an evolution where... Um, when Richard Cockerell came in, he again a part of his mantra was to instill that sort of doggedness and that physicality, and um, and he succeeded to do that. However, you know, in his first couple of years, they were limited in terms of how they attacked. That was very much based upon a kicking game and particularly a box kicking game. And I think they resorted to that against Scarlets last weekend. But what they have uh, demonstrated this year is a lot more ambition in attack and the ability to throw the ball around a little bit more. Um, they've got some real weapons, particularly on the wing, like Duan van der Merv is a try-scoring machine. And, uh, and then when they have their Scottish players all available, so they've got threats right across the park. So um, so we understand that. Look, well, We're very pleased with the win against Cardiff and uh, particularly to hold them to zero and to get a bonus point was was good on both fronts in attack and defence. However, um, away from home in Edinburgh, there'll be one or two guys missing, which means there's going to be a few guys there looking to put their hand up and and and, uh, and ensure that they can displace a few guys when they come back from international duty. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a real difficult challenge. But what do we need to do? We need to, Again, we do need to be better than we were against Cardiff. But we've spoken about that. Even after the game, we knew it wasn't perfect. Um, but... It's going to be extremely physical. We're going to need to keep the intensity high, but accuracy is the is the main focus this week. Accuracy in our breakdown, accuracy when we create line breaks that we can finish them off and we take chances. Uh, accuracy in our line out, accuracy in our line out defence, ensuring that we can steal as much of their possession as we spoke about, and and that's the key. I said if um, you know, I said because they're attacking threats as well, which is accuracy in our defence. So that's the main message. That's what we'll be talking about this week. And I'm not saying that physicality is a given, but. That's something that we it needs to be there, but um, and I think we can rely on it's that accuracy and it depends if the weather is not due to be great again. It's it's just how well we can we, we can perform in, in terms of the, on, on that accuracy front. Kyle, that was a great start back, twenty nine nil win against the side that Connacht often struggle against. So, what have you taken out of that as as a team and the management? You've obviously had your review. Yeah, um, Cardiff has been a bogey team for the for the boys over the last couple of years. So. We've taken a lot of confidence out of that win. Uh, you know, it was tough conditions, uh, but it, in terms of the dentist, but it kind of held away for us and it allowed us to play a bit of rugby. Uh, you know, it was a good win, but again, we know we've got a really tough opposition this week. And uh, Edinburgh, top of the table, so it's going to be a massive game for us. Uh, what are you expecting from Edinburgh? What are, what are they going to bring? What are they, you know, they've been grinding out the wins. Yeah. 
As I said to you before, we know how physical they're going to be. Um, that's a big emphasis. And I remember my first experience with Edinburgh last week. I remember getting run, run into by one of their, their wingers, and I was thinking, oh, wow, this guy's they're, they're a physical team. And I think they pride themselves on their physicality, so we're expecting a big physical performance from them. And also they've got, um, they've got the skills to play. Um, they've got a great attacking shape, you know, and they're very dangerous. And they've got some threats out wide. Uh, Van der Merve is a great player on the wing, and he's scoring some great tries in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, there's threats all around the park, so we've got to, have to be on our best performance on the weekend to get the win. Caelan, we're going to start with news. You've uh, signed on for another two years here, so uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, look, absolutely delighted. Um, I think my home house has only been 20 minutes out the road, and I think my family are extremely proud and I feel extremely lucky and, and honoured to uh, to sign another two years. Um, since I joined a long time ago, I think it's nearly 10 years since I came into the sub-academy and I think every every time you sign a contract, it's, it's, it's extremely uh, happy and yeah, delighted to be here for two more years. And you've been involved with Ireland this earlier on this season, so it, it, it's all an upward progression for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, and to get that exposure, I suppose, um, is the big thing, um, kind of... I suppose I'm I'm kind of used to being in Connacht here, but kind of getting into that un- uncomfortable uh, environment in Ireland where you really have to perform and stuff. It, it only kind of makes you want it more and, and kind of make yourself uh, grow as a as a person and a player. So yeah, hopefully more to come. Yeah, talking about the defensive performance, I suppose when you win twenty nine nil, you're you're looking at the scores, but a lot of them came from hard defensive double tackles, better line speed, and. They never slacked off. I mean, even when the game was was put to bed, Connacht were still smashing in. Is that a mindset thing? Yeah, uh, it is. And I think that's always been our mindset, but I think we've probably been just a bit up and down with it. Um, I think in the previous games, you can see we do have massive line speed and we do have a lot of double hits, but then we just uh, come off it for a while. But I think, as I said, that... um, that two and a half week break I think you could see it out there lads were absolutely delighted to be back out there and I think we would have stayed going for another 20 or 30 minutes after the after the 80 minutes but yeah look it's just it's just the confidence and when, when we get a good start in a game like that it just grows and goes through the whole game OK thanks Rob um, we're here in Marty Rabbits home of the Connacht clan where the best place to watch Six Nations rugby in Galway I'm with William Davis and Lindley McKenzie we've just heard from Nigel and uh, the two lads William, we didn't get your thoughts after the game at the weekend. Did you really enjoy Buckley's filthy back pass from a prop? He's, he's in trouble with the front row union. Well, he should be. <laughs> I know there's a skill set and all that, but uh, if you're watching too many of these videos on YouTube, no, it was excellent. Uh, it was a good win. They got inside Cardiff's head, and Cardiff didn't have much fight in them, apart from Ollie Robbins, who had a huge game. Um, John Mulvihill was very, very angry. It's unusual for a coach to be that uh, harsh. In he was dealing there with Cardiff Blues Television, which is the, which is their YouTube channel, and I think he just wanted to to prove uh, that there was real annoyance about the performance. Connick just have to be delighted. A lot to work on. A lot of things they're not happy about. We've heard that from uh, Nigel, and we've heard that from the two players, uh, Caelan and, and Kyle Godwin. They've said. There are things they need to improve on. They need to turn over. Uh, they need to get better uh, traction when they get inside the twenty-two. I mean, they did score a few of those tries where from loose play that they tidied up and yeah. turned into scores mm. against Edinburgh. They'll have to be a lot more accurate when you get inside that twenty-two. When you get inside the five-meter line, you need to be scoring because you won't get you won't get freebies from Edinburgh. I feel. 
No, certainly not. And then like you're, you're looking at a penalty count of 11-3 against Connacht. Like that's, I think it's the first time Connacht have won a game um, with that big a difference in the penalty count. Like they got away with it in some some cases because the lineup was so good. Yeah, well they. <laughs> They probably won't, wouldn't get away with it against an Edinburgh side, but I suppose they were at home and there was enough to make up for it against what was really quite... A, we all know it was a poor card of performance. It was Their heads really, I think, just weren't on the pitch at all. Um, but I think what it, what it does... I don't really care about Cardiff anyway, but <laughs> what, it, what it does for Connors is, first and foremost, it actually stopped the, that run of five losses, and that was absolutely necessary. Secondly, it made sure that Connor kept in contention for a playoff place and it also was able to show those players what they could produce when they perform to almost almost not not there yet to the best of their abilities on what was a bloody terrible a bloody terrible night they're not going to find it that easy in Edinburgh we all know that Edinburgh are a very dogged side I think um, Nigel was talking today about the fact that they're quite different the second season under Richard Cockerell that they're much more dogged um, they've kind of changed their game plan a little bit and that they're certainly much much harder to beat and I think they know that when they go to Edinburgh they're going to be in for one hell of a fight. I think they will and the other thing that we want to add, I did a quick check on the stats and did a comparison last week, Andy talked about needing to get what was it, 70 centimetres more per and metres per carry off each of the players just did a quick check on it, and you have the forwards carried the ball an extra 1.4 metres per carry, and against Cardiff, as against the previous five games, the backs went 2 metres per carry better than in that, so an average of 1.7 metres per carry better, and, and we got the result at the end of the day, so it's, it is an important stat. It is if they can replicate it against Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. If they can't, it means very little, and that, that's the difference, because Cardiff are on the back foot. I think Edinburgh will come looking for Connacht on, on Friday night. Um, they are a side playing I watched the game against the uh, Scarlets, I don't quite know how they won it don't know how the Scarlets didn't win it so that's what you got to look at but they're, they're in Richard Cockrell's image now they're not, ex- no. I'm sure he still wants more from them because yeah. he, he bases his plan on what Leicester used to do, maybe he just doesn't have the players, but he wants that fight and determination and they're a very big side now Still quite skillful. Don't kick the ball much. They keep it in hand. And the other thing to look out for is this. They are incredibly fond of this caterpillar maul where they stretch the maul back. And the whole game seems to almost stop until they're all in position. Probably a lot of that might depend on whether the referee, how much time he gives them. Against yeah, it's, the, the Scarlets, they, they did it all the time. Yeah, Marius Matre will be. It is something I've noticed about the referees. They're not giving teams as much leeway on that as they used to and they're getting them to use the ball quicker you're hearing the ball you know um, your five seconds that's been called somewhat quicker which will hopefully slow down that attempt at caterpillar play but before we get into any more detail about edinburgh the big news to the big news that come out today is last week we had five players re-sign we had tom daly dominic robertson mccoy and peter robb uh, got two-year contract extensions and on top of that shane del hunt and connor kenny today who did we get william Caelan uh, Blade and Matt Healy both have signed two-year contracts. Right, so this the, the, the this is the news we've been looking for. We were talking about last week that we it had gone very quiet, and and hopefully we'll get some more news as the Six Nations goes on and more players get signed up, and hopefully maybe even one or two new players get get brought into the the frame. But we'll talk about that once that news comes in. William's going to give us the results and the table from the weekend. 
Two games last Friday, the 14th of February. Glasgow Warriors 56, Zebra 24, Munster 68, Southern Kings 3. And on Saturday, the 15th of February, Leinster 36, Cheetahs 12, Scarlets 9, Edinburgh 14, Ospreys 26, Ulster 24, and Connacht 29, Cardiff Blues 0. And that leaves the Conference A table with Leinster, still with her 100% record, 11 out of 11 on 52 points. Ulster are second on 37. The Cheetahs are third on 31. Glasgow Warriors fourth on 29. Conference B, Edinburgh with eight wins and three losses lead on 38 points. They're three points ahead of Munster on 35, who are second. The Scarlets are third on 32. Connacht are fourth on 30 points. Cardiff Blues are fifth on 24 points. Benetton, who have a game in hand, are sixth on 23 points. And the bottom of Conference B is the Southern Kings on seven points. Let's talk about the Six Nations. We've got under 20s, women's and men's back again this weekend. We'll start with the women's because the, the big news from a Connacht point of view from the women is the fact that Bevan Parsons is going to focus on her exams rather than, you know, go off and, and, and play rugby and, and spend a lot of time away while she should be she should be studying. So um, it does mean there's only one Connacht player on the in the squad, Laura Feely, um, with Adele McMahon in there. I know she's, she's ex-Connacht and we still claim her, but it's... Um, it's going to be a tough one for the women, William. Yeah, it's very tough. I mean, they're taking on a professional side. I don't know what what, what do you want out of that game. I suppose, to be blunt, I suppose you don't want to be thrashed. Scotland lost 58-0 to the Venice Blizzard in last uh, on the Monday of the week, last weekend gone by, in game played in Murrayfield in front of about 10 people. They had to move it. England are a different class they, they've beaten France who are supposedly on their level very easily in France so Ireland have just got to go out there and give of their best it'll be very difficult um, disappointing because I'd love to have seen Bevan Parsons against that but that shows how young she is uh, leaving certs or something that are in my dim, dim and distant memory and she's got plenty of time to play rugby and I'm sure she'll be back in Ireland colours as soon as she's available. Yes, Lenny, I think she will. Yeah, actually, um, I think it's a very sensible decision that her parents and, and Bevan Parsons have made. But just interestingly enough, Adam Griggs, who's the manager of the woman, did make a statement about her. And he said it's been a couple of big weeks for Bevan, but we spoke to her and came up with a plan at the start. Her studies are very important, so we'll be giving her the time off. She'll concentrate on her leaving cert, and she will come back to us in the summer. So we have the summer to look forward to. Excellent. That's that's good news and very sensible. I believe she's. I think she wants to become a doctor or she wants to go into medicine. So not only is she uh, athletically talented, but obviously is capable of doing stuff like that. So best of luck to Bevan. The under-20s are going to have a big challenge playing against England, William. Yeah, but they're Six Nations champions and uh, obviously the game is in England and the England under-20s haven't fired quite as well uh, this season but they're, they're still a formidable outfit and I always look at under-20s rugby as it's a bit harem scarum and you never quite know what's going to happen. I mean, teams do... I think the mental side of it is what they struggle with sometimes that they just switch off because you have a team down and suddenly they score two tries and then you score one and it's good it's 
it's good rugby to watch, uh, and it's look, it's another huge game for them, and um, I think they'll go into it with full of confidence, and hopefully they can get the right result and keep charging on. See if they back to back grand slams. That would be some effort for an under twenty side. It certainly would. And do, do you do you enjoy watching those games, Lily, or do you watch those games? Oh, I love I love the under twenties. Actually, I think they play with much more abandon and 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 enjoy it. And interesting enough, on that particular question, Nigel Carolan was talking about the the under twenties today, mm. because obviously he was a very successful Irish under twenty coach, and he actually did reference the point that the under twenties should not be about winning; it should be about learning and enjoying the game. And I thought that's a very valuable point to make. Yeah, it certainly is. And then back to the. The big one from the, the men's point of view, going to Twickenham and, and trying to get a result there um, after the shellacking they took last year um, and the shellacking they took in, in Twickenham um, for the end, before the, the World Cup. It's going to be a big ask, William. Yes, yeah, big challenge. We'll, we'll know a lot more about this Ireland team uh, after this game. Uh, England have been, well, they lost in France and they... They managed to beat Scotland. Who managed? I think Scotland managed to beat themselves, which is a pretty normal story. Um, but it is at Twickenham. It's their first home game. Ireland, they're going to come at them in waves. And if Ireland break, anything could happen. Because you, that those two performances, it goes back to that game last season, the first game of the season in Dublin, England ran over them. They only won by 12 points. But the whole tone of the rest of 2019 from Six Nations to World Cup was set that day. Whatever happened got in their heads and they never got over it. But they have a new coaching management in there now. They're playing a slightly different brand of rugby. Whether they can play that against this England side, who are very dogged and determined and physical, they're not going to do anything particularly different. The one guy you've probably got to watch for is Johnny May, who seems to be able to create things from nowhere just by speed. Um, And, you know different level of rugby but we saw what John Porch can do as well uh, for Connacht the speed cover I mean it just changes a game in seconds mm. um, Bundyaki will be a key part of the team uh, it's announced tomorrow I'm I'm picking him so I'm sure he will hopefully he will be picked <laughs> Alton Delan and Dave Heffernan are back with the Irish panel uh, it's Nigel Carolyn said today you'll have heard that in the interview that they have they, they, they would like to get Alton back they are a bit sh- short at second row Quinn Roo's missing Gavin Thornby's having a scan so they'd be a bit stuck there and they might be able to get him back um, it'll depend on how Ireland set up because it's a Sunday game and ours is a Friday game it really is out of sync because yeah. uh, you would think Ireland will train on Friday mm. and they, you don't know who they'll want for that and their preference for that uh, they, they get first pick so we just have to wait and see. Uh, Connacht might have to do without either either of them, or they might have to do without both of them, and that's a challenge then for the players that are selected for Edinburgh. It certainly is. And let's let's do an injury roundup now. As you mentioned, um, Thornbury having a scan. Let's hear who else is injured and who else is available for this weekend. Connacht are awaiting the results of a scan on Gavin Thornbury's calf injury to see if he will be available for selection on Friday night at Murrayfield. Quinn Rue and Tom McCartney are not available for this game and will not travel to South Africa for the match the following weekend against the Kings. Matt Healy is sick and is not available for the Edinburgh game. He'll be reassessed prior to the Kings match. Sean O'Brien, Killian Gallagher, Dara Leader, Peter McCabe, Matt Burke, Stephen Fitzgerald, 
and Tom Farrell are all on medium to long-term return. It's an incredibly busy weekend for rugby next weekend with the Six Nations and all the domestic competitions in action. Three games are down for decision on Friday the 21st in the Pro 14. Edinburgh versus Connacht, Ospreys versus Leinster and Zebre versus Munster. Those three games all kick off at 7.35pm Irish time. On Saturday, Glasgow Warriors versus the Dragons and Ulster versus the Cheetahs, both with 7.35pm kickoffs. And on Sunday, Cardiff Blues versus Benetton and Scarlets versus the Southern Kings. So let's finish off the podcast with a review of the this, this upcoming game. Connacht have a, a reasonably good record in the last five years of, of winning a couple of away games um, in the Six Nations, during the Six Nations period. And Edinburgh won five, lost five in that sort of t- same time frame at home. So it's very much up in the air, having said that. But Edinburgh are unbeaten at home this year. Yeah, I think the difference is Richard Cockrell, actually. Um, I think, you know... He's 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 a he's a tough he's a tough character, and I think that he's instilled that similar toughness and and, and and doggedness in Edinburgh. And yes, they will be missing a few players, but you know they have they have a lot of depth, and it's it's on a positive note. I think it's actually quite good that Edinburgh have 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 come into the the, the top because they really have had the potential for years and years and it's never really been developed so you know hats off to Richard Cockerell mm-hmm. and in, in that regard so Connor can always take advantage of a team that's missing players mm. but I, I over there um, I think Connor well they've got the potential of Connor I think they've done the, their homework a lot particularly about uh, Edinburgh's ability to be patient and to work through the phases slowly and slowly and Connacht are going to have to be similarly similarly patient in that regard but you would have to fancy the home side on this occasion I think you would William you're looking at a situation where Connacht have lost the last two games against Edinburgh um, but prior to that they'd won six of the previous seven so Richard Cockrell effect definitely kicking in there yeah, and I mean, look, they are leading Conference B. They're 8-3 they're, they're out of 11, which is a very good record. And I think if Connacht had their absolute full-strength team going, um, they'd have a very good chance. That they still have a chance because they, they're playing decent enough rugby, and I think a lot will depend on if Jack Carty can put in a similar performance, if he can direct them around. But Edinburgh are a, are a much different animal to Cardiff, or the, or the Cardiff that turned up here. Uh, if they put in a performance like that with Richard Cockrell I wouldn't like to be anywhere near that changing room for about a week because he just wouldn't accept that and I think that's what he's knocked out of them he's made them very consistent which is something they never had they could always turn it on and win a couple of games against Glasgow and play very well and maybe turn somebody over in Europe and then get into all sorts of bother against somebody like Zebra yeah. at home and they'd win the game but you'd think how, how, did, they, how did that happen? Uh, so it's a huge ask on on Friday night. It's a very important game for Connacht because they need they they need to consolidate what they did against Cardiff. They don't want to come out now and not kick on. But even if they kick on, they might still find it very hard. And it's, it, if I was, I have to call it. I'd say Edinburgh. I'd, I'd fancy the home side, but I accept 
they will be missing some players. Uh, they seem to pick up a few injuries against, uh, some of them look quite nasty, against the Scarlets. They'll have players going back to Scotland who've been released on the same sort of basis yeah. that Dave Heffern and Alton Delan came back. Mm-hmm. Now, Scotland are playing on Saturday. It's a huge game for Scotland in Italy. That is a key game. Gregor Townsend sweating on that. If he loses there, yeah. his job might be gone. And so it'll, you know, how Scotland, that bubble works. So it's fascinating. Um, it's an odd place to go. It's great memories for Connacht there in 2016 when the place was uh, had a lot of people in it. It'll be somewhat different on Friday night when you've got a couple of thousand in this cavernous stadium. But Connacht just have to forget all about that and keep doing what they did last week and get better. Nigel Carolyn said that when I spoke to him there. They have to. What they did against Cardiff will not be enough. They have to get better and move forward in certain areas. OK, and not forgetting that um, coming up on the 5th of March, Thursday the 5th of March, the Connacht clan have their annual table quiz here in Murty Rabbits um, with... Uh, where they're raising funds for Special Olympics Connacht. So we'll keep plugging that over the next few weeks and um, we hope to see you there. And a big thanks to the lads and thanks to you for listening. Remember, we're out that little bit earlier at weekends now on match days within 24 hours. That's our aim. Hope you enjoyed last week's show in that regard. Hope you enjoyed the extra little bits on this week's show as well. Lots more to come like that in the coming weeks. A big few weeks for Connacht as well. Myself and William Davis, as we said, on the road this weekend. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, one more thing to advertise. It's the Connacht Clan annual table quiz coming up on Thursday, March 5th at 8pm in Murtis. Of course, the home of the Connacht Clan as well as our sponsors. Don't forget that one. Thursday, March 5th, 8pm in Murty Rabbits. A few weeks away. Time to plan. In the meantime, we'll chat you after the weekend's game. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad.